Hello, everyone, and welcome to day 55 of our EC Daily Devotional Podcast. This is Pastor Jonathan. If my voice sounds a little funky, I'm a little bit under the weather, but I am glad nonetheless to be spending some time with you today as we continue reading through the Bible in 2024. Today we have Numbers chapters 31 and 32, and we see chapter 31 opening up with the Lord speaking to Moses, and he says, Avenge the people of Israel on the Midianites. Afterward, you shall be gathered to your people. So before Moses dies, God tells him to take the Israelites and to take vengeance on the Midianites. Now, what exactly is going on here? It's a good question to to figure out. If you remember back in Numbers chapter 25, the Midianites, specifically the women of the Midianites, had enticed the men of Israel into sexual idolatry. And there is sin dealt with. There's a plague that comes because of that, that kills 24,000 people. And Phineas, the son of Eleazar, actually rose and dealt with a specific man and woman who were participating in this sexual idolatry. He spears them both through the belly. And now here the Lord is saying, Moses, take up Israel, go and take vengeance on them. And so what happens is Israel sends a thousand from each of the tribes of Israel to go to war. So 12,000 men armed and they go. And there is a great victory. Look at verse 7 and following in chapter 31. It says, They warred against Midian as the Lord commanded Moses and killed every male. They killed the kings of Midian with the rest of their slain, Evi, Rechem, Zer, Hur, and Reba, the five kings of Midian. And they also killed Balaam, if you remember him, the son of Beor, with the sword. And the people of Israel took captive the women of Midian and their little ones, and they took as plunder all their cattle, their flocks, and all their goods. And so their cities are destroyed, their women are taken captive, and all the men are killed. And... What happens is as they come back, Moses and Eleazar go to meet the all all the chiefs of the congregation and all the chiefs of the congregation went to meet the warriors outside the camp. We see that in verse thirteen, and it says that Moses was angry because all the women had lived. And why is that a problem? Is because many of these women were participants in the sexual idolatry, inciting the sexual idolatry that caused great sin in the people of Israel. And so what does Moses say? He says, therefore, kill every male among the little ones and kill every woman who has known man by lying with him. And this makes sure that there is a purifying of the women that are brought back from the Midianites. And this shows, again, the judgment of God. We've seen this play out throughout our time in Numbers, and we're going to see this as the conquest into Canaan unfolds. There is just wrath upon sinners, 
And God is commanding the people of Israel to go and take care of this sinful idolatry happening in the land where they are at, and certainly punishing them whenever they participate in any kind of idolatry themselves. And so while this isn't what God commands all the time in Israel's history, because they they weren't called to make war on everyone, they were actually called to be a blessing. If you remember back to God's promise to Abram, they're being a blessing to all nations. But to be a blessing to all nations, you have to be a nation set apart, holy unto the Lord. And this nation, uh, the Midianites, had caused this holy nation set apart to the Lord to sin greatly against God. And so this is the vengeance that they take. And the rest of the chapter, as it unfolds, deals with the purification of those warriors that went and uh, destroyed Midian, and also the dedication of the plunder that is brought back from them, splitting it between those who went to war and, and plundered the Midianites and uh, splitting it also with the congregation. And so we see again this dedication of things to God. We see how there is provision for the people. And then also a great celebration is not one warrior died in this conquest. Uh, they bless the Lord for what he has done. And then chapter 32, we see as the people are starting to make their trek across the, the, the Jordan, there are two tribes that want to settle in the land that is Gilead. Uh, the tribes of Reuben and Gad, they have livestock and they see that this land that's east of the Jordan is a good place to settle. And so they actually say to um, to to Moses, if, if we've found favor in your sight, let this land be given to your servants for possession. Do not take us across the Jordan. And <clears throat> Moses, he, he remembers back to Numbers 13 when the 12 spies were sent into the land of Canaan to check out the land. And remember, 10 of those spies come back and they say, we, we can't, this is impossible. While Joshua and Caleb said, no, this land, we, we can take it. The Lord has promised it. And so Moses remembering not only the disobedience of the 10 spies, but then how that incited a rebellion from the people to want a new leader instead of Moses to despise the Lord for bringing them up out of Egypt just to die in this promised land. And what does God do? Remember, God says not a single man, 20 years and older, who has seen all the glorious things that God has done in their lives from bringing them up out of Egypt to providing manna in the wilderness to leading them by a pillar of fire and a cloud and all these wonderful, glorious, amazing things. They've all witnessed this, but now they don't trust him. So none of those males, 20 years and up, will inherit the promised land. And so Moses is thinking about that as, as Gad and Reuben asked to settle not quite into the promised land. And so Moses says to them, shall your brothers go to war while you sit here? Why will you discourage the heart of the people of Israel from going over into the land that the Lord has given them? Your fathers did this 
when I sent them from the Kadesh Bar- Barnea to see the land. For when they went up to, uh, up, up to the valley of Eshcol and saw the land, they discouraged the heart of the people of Israel from going into the land that the Lord had given them. And the Lord's anger was kindled on that day. And he swore, surely none of the men who came up out of Egypt uh, shall see the land. So Moses is remembering this, but what happens is Reuben and Gad commit to, as they build these cities east of the Jordan, that they will not occupy them until all the tribes of Israel have their inheritance of the promised land. So they say, we want this land, but we are not, the, the men of fighting age, we are not going to settle into the land until all the tribes of Israel are settled into their inheritance. Now, what this made me really think of here, church, is the people of Israel, uh, the people of God on conquest. And it reminds me, we are also on a conquest as a people of God, but we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We wrestle against the rulers and principalities of the air. And we are in a fight, friends, but we are just like the people of of Israel, we are in, in a battle that's already been declared by God as victorious. It is ours. And I, I see just in this unity that Reuben and Gad say, we, we, we have our inheritance already here, but we are going to fight and fight until all the people of God have their inheritance. Friends, you may have you may be experiencing the promises of God in great abundance right now. You know for sure and for certain where you will spend eternity. You are confident of your standing before God, but let that not be a reason for us to settle in any way in our lives until every single person called by God, every sheep, every single one of them that are underneath the shepherd of Jesus Christ, hear his voice and respond to him. So let's go and continue to fight, to take ground. As we've constantly said at church, we take ground because our king is a victorious king, already declaring that people from every nation, tribe, and tongue will be represented around the throne. And because of that, the inheritance hasn't been settled yet. There's still tribes waiting to receive their inheritance. We may be confident of our standing, friends, but let's make sure our brothers and sisters who have yet to call on Christ, they hear the good news of the gospel and we trust in the powerful grace of God that will open their eyes to the light of the gospel, bring them to life, and they will receive the inheritance that God has granted them. Uh, There's no better way to bring unity than to see that we are all together in this fight, my friends. And it's a fight that's already been won. I hope you all have a great day. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Uh, And I, I pray that we would go forward, taking ground in the name of Jesus until every single person has their inheritance. God bless you, my friends.